0: The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. A reading from the Book of the Prophet Isaiah comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. voice says cry out I answer what shall I cry out all flesh is grass and all their glory like the flower of the field the grass withers the flower wilts when the breath of the Lord blows upon it so then the people is the grass Though the grass withers and the flower wilts, the word of our God stands forever. Go up unto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the youths with care. The word of the Lord.
1: Today is the most magnificent reading of Isaiah, of the heart of Jesus. I have found more priests, more religious, more people, Catholics, Christians, who do not have an awareness of that infinite love. I was with, with this priest. He's a good priest externally, but in, he's so depressed and he's so sad and he's so lonely in in his heart on the happiness that he has. He's seeing a counselor. I got a call from a religious. She has within herself Such a sadness, such a a feeling of aloneness. So many of our people, uh, you know, what is your interior relationship just with anyone? Have you been in a family and you've been very good to your parents and you've been good to your family, you never got married? And what is your state in your heart? Is there, what is the, what is going on interiorly? And, and so many of us, I think, we, we live our lives with an exterior uh, that people look at us and they think we're fine, but interiorly, we find, we find ourselves so unhappy. Listen to Isaiah. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. What is that that he wants open? Our hearts. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made plain. The rough country, a broad valley. Christmas is what? It's the light that comes into the world. He is a light that shines for everyone to see. And, and I remember, a, this is a true story of my life. In 1940, my mother was going to deliver my little brother. My brother George and I weren't really aware of the gravity of what was going on. And because this little baby was born at home, as we all were, and Uh, He was my youngest brother, and it was 1940. What was taking place in my mother and father's bedroom was the birth of my little brother. And unbeknown to me and everyone who was there in that room, my grandmother, Dr. McMahon, my father, my mother, they all reported the same thing. My mother turned completely black. She 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 actually died. And my little brother had a cord around his neck, and it looked as if they were both going to die. In, in a whip, in, a, in, a, in an instant, Dr. McMahon took the cord from around my brother's neck, and he began to breathe. And uh, that first breath that he took, and then he could attend to my mother, and I don't know exactly what he did, but she began to breathe, Now, she's always told the story that in that time, there was a light. My mother was never afraid of death after that. She said she saw this beautiful light, and it was beckoning her, and she was actually running into the light, and she was running, and it was to God. My mother had this awareness that God is this light, God is love. That was in 1940, but she frequently talked about that experience. In January 21st, 1987, 47 years later, she did have a heart attack. The doctors tried to get her heart going again, but she went and she had her way. She always said she felt so sad. She still remembered the event. When whoever this was, and she always interpreted it to be St. Michael, who stepped up and put his hand in front of her as she was running into the light and said, no, you have to go back. You have still things to do on earth. And she always quoted that and said it was St. Michael. In May of 1997 I was giving Mother Teresa her final retreat and I still remember this so clearly the doctor her doctor was telling me her heart was so paper-thin she didn't even know it was in Rome. Mother Teresa did not die then she lived June and July and August she was known even then to be a saint but still there was that work to do, that Jesus was still preparing her for the one for whom she longed. She saw God as light, as love. She saw him as a fulfillment. Many of us do not have a relationship with God. And so we fear if he comes at the end of our lives, if he comes all together to bring an end to this world, if this Christmas will be the very last Christmas that this world will have as we know it, or you may not be alive, I was hearing someplace about people who, who go to the Key West, the southernmost part of the United States, and they were being interviewed, why they come there for sex, for drinking for just doing nothing, for doing drugs, to smoke marijuana in the sun and on the shores. It all wilts. So many of us, there's, there's, a, there's an example of a man that who was always kind of in my mind as a, a, an example of a man, I don't, I'm not judging where his soul is, but he drugged, he drank. He was like a man's man. He was a fisherman. And he was in Cuba, and he had everything, reputation. And what did he do? He blew his brains out. Ernest Hemingway. What is it that we long for? And what is his relationship with you as you want sexual excess, as you want to drink or drug, or you want fame, or you want reputation, or you want the prize and you want to win all these victories? That all is grass. Man was made for love. There's a story, and it's really a true story. It's kind of a Scranton story. This little boy, he was going to play a part in the in the play at Christmas, and he was going to be the innkeeper. And his family did. He he was not going to play the innkeeper. I will not tell Saint Joseph and Mary. And and I was going to have the baby Jesus. I will not tell them. There's no room in the inn. But that's the place that you're, that's the part you play in the story. No, I'm not. I'm not going to play that. I don't care. You have to play it. The story won't be told. His family kept his father telling him, his mother. Finally, they persuaded him. You have to play the part or the whole play will fall apart. So, there he was, and all they were out there the night of the play, there in the audience, his grandparents, his parents, and his brothers and sisters and this is a true story and the knock came and uh at the at the inn, and Joseph is saying, "I'm Joseph, and this is my wife, Mary, and we're looking for a place in the inn. My wife's going to have a baby. there's no room in the inn and then he adds but come on in for a drink. (laughs) I thought, that is it. That little boy, five and a half years old, has a love for God. He's already got us. You see, the story of my mother, of Mother Teresa, of that little boy, is the relationship that we have with this God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, It is not the will of your Heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Take 15 or 20 minutes and to actually go over these questions. This is like an important, what is it that, This Christmas, do you feel love for God? Do you have in your heart an experience of a relationship with God? You see, that God loves you is the powerful message here. But what is your response to that love? Do you In your heart, experience that love. Listen to the story that Jesus told. It is not the will of my Father that one of you be lost. So those people in Key West, you know, you may be listening to this in Key West, and you may be thinking that this is really the greatest thing. He is seeking you. It's not the will of my father that you be lost. In your drinking, in your sexual excesses, in your whatever that is that you're seeking, that is not what you were made for. You were made in the deepest part of your heart for eternal love. For love that will not end. Every human heart was so made by God. And so that which you're spending your life on, he's seeking you. But even more so, I really believe you may or may not be listening in Key West. And you may or may not be seeking all of this in excess. But you may be a priest. Do you have... A personal relationship with God. What are you going to do for the rest of eternity? What is your relationship with your Father, your Heavenly Father? Do you have a relationship with the Father? Do you experience that the Father loves you? with a love that he has for Jesus. That same love. Not do you love God, but do you, do you experience that he loves you? Whether you love God or not is not this question. Do you experience that he loves you as you are? You don't have to merit it. You don't have to you, you, don't, you, there's, you don't have to change anything except to contemplate right now and for these minutes that you're, you're praying that he just loves me as I am. What is it in the heart of Jesus that he's saying? You, you are loved by him. He's seeking you. And you may be very far from him very distant, very cold. He loves you. Do you experience that? Are you aware of that? What is your experience of Jesus? Are you, because of your baptism, and especially if you're confirmed or if you're ordained, you are one with him? What is your mind? What is your heart? What is your relationship with Jesus Christ? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? His and he and you are one. What is it that's going on inside of you? What is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? So often we hardly think of the Holy Spirit or some of us we do and we have been given gifts, and he has especially sealed us in baptism with faith and hope and love. He has given us, especially in confirmation, the gifts of knowledge, understanding, counsel, wisdom, fortitude, piety, fear. He's filled us with many gifts. What, how, how do you experience that? What an important contemplation that will be. And what is your experience of Mary. And and when we come to Christmas, when you when you look at when you look at at the 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 gospels and the scene, so often the the relationship of the birth of Jesus Christ and the newness and the experience that can come during this Advent as we prepare could be the most magnificent and wonderful gift. Because maybe Maybe, I, I, I'm not saying you might be a bishop, but maybe for the first time, and I know, I know a bishop who told me at, at the end of a, a retreat that he never experienced God as his father. This awareness that each of us is being called during this time of Advent to this, to what? To love. That is it. And we're told by Isaiah, shout it, cry out loud, herald it. Your Lord is coming. Your Lord is coming to save you from your sins, to save you from death, to save you because he loves you.
0: You've been listening to Building the Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this program or to browse hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com.